Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. This Is Your Brain on Podcasts is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Before we get into this episode of the show, I am going to take a few moments here and just tell you ways in which you can support the podcast. The most direct way in which you can do that is by checking out our Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash fsproductions. You can donate as little as $1 per, per month. If you do donate that minimum amount, which is $1, you gain early, unedited, and ad-free access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. Froggy Style Productions is adding two new podcasts in the new year, and we are already posting episodes of those podcasts on Patreon. So if you're curious about that and would like to listen before anybody else, patreon.com slash fsproductions. I'll have a link in the episode notes so you can find it real easy. Thank you to everybody who is currently supporting the podcast through Patreon. It means a lot, and you help keep this show going. Every dollar does help, and your contribution is greatly appreciated. If you're looking for a free way in which you can support the show, simply tell your friends about it, share it on social media. You can also leave a rating or a review on your podcast listening app of choice, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anything like that. It all really helps with visibility. So if you just want to tell us how we're doing, consider doing that. Again, it's much greatly, greatly appreciated. If you would like to keep up to date with everything that Froggy Style Productions is doing, consider signing up for our newsletter. It's a monthly newsletter that is released on the first Monday of every month. Just go to our homepage at fsproductions.ca and you can see the sign-up bar. It's the first thing you're going to see. Enter in your email, takes three seconds, and you are signed up for the newsletter. Like I said, the newsletter just keeps you informed with everything that's happening at Froggy Style Productions. So sign up for the newsletter if that sounds appealing to you. While you're on the website, check it out. There's lots of cool content on there, and we also have an online store where you can buy t-shirts, mugs, and stuff like that. fsproductions.ca. Check it out. On this episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts, I am joined by my very good friend, Josh Nadu. Nadau, I'm really bad at pronouncing his last name, and I'm very sorry for that, Josh. Anyways, Josh has been on the podcast before. It was a, I had a really good conversation with him. Josh is a drummer in multiple bands. He is an audio engineer, and he is an all-around nice guy. That's why we're friends. We talk about maintaining discipline in your life, the effects that social media algorithms have on our mental health, the excitement of finding new music that blows your mind, being okay with the mysteries of life, and a bunch of other really cool subject matter. Like I said, Josh is a really good friend. You can catch him drumming in the band's Fermented Beat Orchestra, 
Metavore, or Matt Blaze. If you'd like to check out his music, I have links to each of those bands in the episode notes. So just check it out. They're the things that are highlighted in blue. Click on them. There you go. Super easy. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with Josh as much as I did recording it. Have a nice day and thank you for listening. <laughs> I mean, I have that fear every single time I start a podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like every single, especially with bands, because it's like strangers. This one at least is kind of like, which is my friends. So yeah. it's like easy to talk to because you just have a conversation, like a conversation that we have anyway. Mm-hmm. But like in the other one, it seems like I'm more kind of the one who's in charge and I have to which because I am like really but it's just and also they're strangers and like obviously my brain has farts sometimes and it's just like yeah yep so every almost before every single group talk I still get pretty nervous (laughs) (laughs) so I mean that's fair yeah I guess it was like a year since the last time we did this a bit, Is that it? A bit over a year I think yeah yeah seems like longer yeah it seems longer but like it also doesn't like yeah because I mean the last time you were here I think I was still living upstairs yeah we um, did it in the living room area up there yeah we were painting and because yeah you came over the night before and we had like an awesome conversation yeah. then you came over the next day and we recorded the conversation and it was like it was fine but it was like the conversation we had the night yeah. before was like it was really good and fluent and passionate yeah Chester has no concept of personal space oh, I love it yeah. I love it it's kind of funny like because there's obviously some people who don't like cats but when those people are over and Chester jumps up on them, it's like, <laughs> they're like, uh, <laughs> what I do I do with this? I can't understand that. Oh. He's the per- like the perfect cat to me. Yeah. That's because you don't live with him. He's kind of an <laughs> asshole sometimes. Like, he's fine. Like, he doesn't, it's mostly when he's meowing at like six in the morning. Yeah. He has a pretty, uh. Let's say piercing <laughs> meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Cats uh, make strange noises in the middle of the night. They do. Yeah, they do. Like, it, it gives me a small amount of comfort to know that it's not just my cat who does this. Yeah. That, like, most cats I've lived with make random noises yeah. in the middle of the night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a cat for quite some time, but growing up, I just remember, like, this, the freaky noises yeah. in the middle of the night. Like, the... <laughs> don't even sound like they should be coming from yeah. your cat at all yeah yeah when uh jordy's cat miles used mm. to live here just the sounds that would come out like 
He would wake you up, and then you'd just it'd be like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, what's happening? Are you okay? Like, <laughs> no, it sounds like they're dying. Yeah, and you walk downstairs, and then they just look at you. And you're like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm the stupid one. Yeah. You're making these noises. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad. Have you ever thought about? Integrating video, yeah, into the podcast. I have, but um, I am not very proficient with video, and like editing. Yeah, personally, I think it would be a little too much for me to handle because mm. uh, it would require some like additional stuff. That because like right now, I just use Ableton. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm sure there's maybe a way that you can integrate video into Ableton, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I guess it's just like, hmm. I I do upload them to YouTube, but I just make stupid little slideshows (laughs) with Windows Movie Maker. Um, I like the ones where the words highlight as you say them. Yeah. Kind of thing, the little clips like that. Yeah. I've tried to... Oh, yeah, yeah though I make those with uh there's this uh website called Audiogram. Oh. Yeah, and you can just basically that's all it is. Is uh you can take images and then take audio clips and basically just transcribe them together. Mm. Does it, it auto detect when that word is being said or do you program like the timing of it? Uh it auto detects it, so oh. it auto it auto transcribes it, but then it's not perfect obviously, so usually you have to go back and fix some things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you just have to like fix some words, and then when you fix the words, you have to fix the timing as well. But it's pretty like it's pretty well, even the words that are being said. Sorry, it'll, it'll try to like close caption what's yeah. being said automatically too, and do the timing. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. It's pretty. It, it, it it'll, it's only up to a minute clip, but like that's still pretty cool for like what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's free for the most part. Like you can pay for it, and but... if you want what long longer segments of audio uh, if you want if you want more so, so you get like one credit per month they give you five credits to start and each credit gives you one audiogram uh, and then you get like one per month after that or something like okay. that so you can only make a certain amount per month but if you want like unlimited i believe then you can just uh you pay for it mm-hmm. you get unlimited credits so yeah those are kind of cool they're interesting and neat and yeah yeah, th- those grab my attention. I think those are a good idea. Really? Yeah, That's for good. some just just like watching the the text highlight as you listen along. Yeah, makes it like <laughs> stand out so much more for for me at least. I don't know. Yeah, That's good to know because yeah. most of the time I'm just kind of throwing stuff onto the internet and being like, I hope this catches people's attention. Yeah. <laughs> like I have no idea. Like. You can't base it off the amount of like likes and stuff you get or anything like no. that. So it's like hard, kind of hard to make engaging content. Yes, I understand. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything that like you do for your bands or anything Not in that regard? Nearly or... enough. Yeah. I just got a recommendation from a friend. Yeah. On this course, all about like marketing. That's really apparently explains it really, really well and has a proven plan i don't know you see these things like you see these things for marketing marketed to you yeah all the time or at least me in my own little marketing bubble yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm 
not making sense. No, you are. Basically, you yeah, maybe because it knows I'm in bands and stuff. Yeah. And mixed music, it like tells me like, oh, this is how you can be more successful in marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's marketing for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like, but, are you just are you just selling me something? It's like, are you just really good at yeah. marketing and like I'm going to sign up and not learn anything? Like, yes. <laughs> I've seen a couple that said that they have like foolproof strategies for reaching y- your audience and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. My friend speaks highly about one of these courses. Yeah. Did they actually go through it? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they've done a bunch of it. Okay. And so it might be worth. I that just uh, I just started playing drums and I just that's just what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I should pay more attention. I should have, I should have start started paying attention to that kind of thing a lot earlier. Yeah. I mean I hate doing that stuff, personally. <laughs> I hate doing all the whole social media thing and being like, hey, look at me, I'm doing stuff, but like, you have to do it. I know. And it's really, I don't know, it's hard to, It's hard not to get caught up in it, too, you know what I mean? Like, the whole social media thing. Mm. When you post something that you are passionate about, and that you put a lot of work and time into, and you put it onto social media, and you're like, ah, oh, there we go. And then you get, like, two likes or something, and you're like, ah, why does nobody care about me? Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's just, it's it's weird. You kind of have to, like, almost just post it and just leave it, you know what I mean? Don't check it. And that's what I've been trying to do recently. It's Mm. kind of just, like, just post it, let let the people know, and then just fuck off, you know? Like, don't go and... I used to, you know, post it, and then an hour later I would check it to see who's engaging with it or whatever, and now I just, like, post it, and I just leave it, and I'm like, people will figure it out, I guess. Yeah. Also, it's just way more... uh, Better for my mental health. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. There's still a sick side of me that, like, likes to look at who liked my posts, and Uh, I'm just curious to see, and I know a lot of people are just, just, like, who saw it who cares mm-hmm. and I'm like oh this person that's nice mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I have a lot hinged on that yeah I still mm-hmm. definitely do that I still like look and to see cause yeah I, I like to know I like to know who is engaging with it and stuff like that and ba- really just who like it's reaching too because you never know with social media algorithms and stuff oh, like yeah. that so um but I've just gotten better about it cause I used to like that could like maybe make or break my day in the yeah. past you know what I mean like yeah. I'd post something and then it would like not hit and I'd be like ah oh, why am I such a failure why am I even doing this and then like uh, that happened a couple times and I just had to remind myself like no like it's fine at least you're doing the thing and yeah. you do this because you like to do it you're not doing it for any other reason you're yes. not doing it to be famous you're not doing it to you're doing it because you enjoy it Yes. you know what I mean so yes I'm pretty much just like I'm basically done mixing Metavoice first album yeah like and it's taken so much hard work like a ridiculous amount of hard work over a very long period of time and it's gonna be done and we're gonna put it out there and no one's I already know no one's really gonna give a shit (laughs) like it's one of the biggest accomplishments of my life I feel but I already know like no one really cares that much so, yeah, I feel like you can do more. You can you can make people care a little more or get it yeah. out there to people. 
yeah. who who want to care about it, you know, and they just have no idea that it exists. At least I, I'd like to believe that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, that's a trick, too. It's like, how do you get it to the people who do care? You yeah. know what I mean? Because they have to take this course. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Foolproof strategies. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because, like, all the stuff that I... Like, I've been doing this for over three years now. Like, all the Great. stuff that... Yeah, it is kind of... It's... I never thought I would stick with this that long, so... This podcast, in particular, has had, like, its peaks and valleys. Like, mm. you know, it, going strong every month, and then six-month break, and then going strong for a couple months, and then six-month break. Yeah. And So I'm trying to really commit myself to... I'm releasing one per month now. So Sweet. Like I've committed and I'm like I, this this segment or yeah of this this is your brain on podcast yes. it's, it's the last Wednesday of every month there will be an episode of this is your brain on podcast Sweet and I've like made that commitment to myself so that's good that's a very clear goal yeah yeah, yeah. I found I've actually found that like having like the kind of that clearness with it like I set when I'm going to release so I'm doing two groove talks per month uh, the first Wednesday and the third Wednesday of the month and then one this is your brain on podcast per month the last wednesday of every month mm-hmm. and i've set like that schedule and it's actually helped me a lot just to like kind of unjumble because like you know when you're doing stuff like this it kind of becomes a jumble and I, I felt like i was being very reactive almost you know what i mean like uh i would get an interview i would edit it real quick and i felt like i had to get them out there really quickly mm. so i was reactive but now i'm kind of like more like proactive Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'm in control of it yes you know it's like this is when it's coming out like no matter when i do the interview with the band or whatever i let them know i'm like this is when it's coming out deadlines yeah and you just make sure it gets done and you have a clear goal in sight and a timeline yeah exactly i hear good things about that strategy (laughs) (laughs) who would have thunk it (laughs) it's like i need to get all these things done i'll just get around to them when i can and yeah that's that I don't think that's not nearly as motivating Mm-mm. and you kind of get overwhelmed and then nothing ends up getting done because yeah. you don't know where to start you know what i mean yeah uh when you have like a kind of a outline like this at least yeah it kind of prioritizes things a little bit yeah so that's kind of good too yeah i've become a lot better yeah like i, n- I don't set really like time deadlines i have a big to-do list separated into categories and then i choose which one is the highest priority yeah. And then when I have the time to work on that, really my life is separated into production, drums, and life. Yeah. <laughs> and then I choose the top priority for each. And then I kind of have like designated time set aside to spend on those things. Yeah. And then I do the number one priority thing. Yeah. On so, that list. So by designated time, do you mean like you like chisel out a chunk of the day then or like you like yeah. for example like say three to six i'm working on drums or whatever or is it like rigid like that or is it more kind of no I, it's even looser than that i guess yeah it's like monday tuesday wednesday i know i'm working for most of the day from like eight till at least six sometimes longer yeah and then i get home and then i see how i'm feeling sometimes i'm just totally wiped and burnt out and i can't work on something but other times I can, like, get some mixing stuff done or some production stuff done. Yeah. And then really Thursday to Sunday, I know I have a lot of free time during the day, so I usually get up first thing on Thursday, and then I start working on something production-wise, like, right away. And because it's just, like, Thursday, 
mornings are at like a production time and that's what happens then so it just kind of cycles there's like a weekly cycle okay i find that i go through yeah and, and jams are, are scheduled with the different bands and stuff yeah. i really need to practice drums more <laughs> See, i need to set a time for that to happen yeah no matter what yeah yeah i've kind of been trying like toying with that as well like trying to set aside because like i have goals that i would like to accomplish and i kind of you know, I'm trying to set aside time. Like, I would like to, you know, write every day or something mm. like that. Get a little bit of time and writing it every day. And I'm trying to ch- chisel out those times, but I'm just finding it really kind of difficult to be consistent. Totally. Think, yeah. yeah, things come up. And even if you have a time set aside, like every day, like that you could have to do something else during that time. Yeah. Things happen. Life isn't, yeah, yeah. chaotic. Yeah, and also with... Time. Uh, yeah, energy levels and stuff after mm-hmm. work and stuff. It's kind of hard to do shit sometimes. And, yeah. yeah. It's good to recognize, too, when you need to rest. Yeah. So that, that's something I can still struggle with. If I feel like I rest for too long, there's this guilt about not being productive enough. Yeah. Which I'm sure we've talked about before. Probably. But, I mean, like, I definitely feel like, you know, sometimes I'll uh take a weekend and i'll just chill or whatever and i get absolutely nothing done and i end up kind of feeling bad about that yeah, you know yeah exactly which uh i shouldn't sometimes i, I should but like most of the time yeah, I how far is too far exactly i don't know it's like kind of finding that balance you know what i mean because if that's every weekend then maybe you should feel bad yeah. <laughs> but like if it's every once in a while, then it's okay. You know, yeah. you do need those rest days. Like, yeah. But how do you gauge? It's hard to gauge if it's too much and if your guilt is justified or not. Yeah. Yeah. We just want better things faster, I think. Or to, to feel growth. Or, yeah, like an inclination upwards. Yeah. <laughs> faster than maybe it's realistic. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, most of the people who you look at who are successful or are more successful, they've been doing it, like, just forever, you know? Mm. Like, that's kind of the... I found the more that I listen to people's stories and, like... Because, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, uh, you know, people just kind of go through their stories. Like, successful people tell you what they did. And most of the time, it's just, like, I just put my head down and I just worked. And, like, it's such an unglamorous mm. truth about, like, how to do things, but it's just, like, you just have to put in the work, like, <laughs> and unfortunately that sometimes means, you know, sacrificing other things, mm-hmm. like, sacrificing your free time, sacrificing your chill time, your relaxing time, mm. and um, maybe even hanging out with your friends or whatever, yeah. which is something I value a lot, and well, yeah, that's That's the sacrifice I don't make enough but i am totally willing to make when the opportunity arises yeah like hanging out with your like sacrificing hanging out with your friends or? no like sacrificing productive time to hang out with my friends because uh, usually it's the other way around yeah so i don't know relationships are important too oh yeah but for yes sure. i'm sure i do a lot of sacrificing of relationships yeah. because i'm trying to be productive yeah yeah but that's fair like I guess it's all about priorities, maybe, and not not saying that you don't prioritize your relationships, but it's kind of like you also have you know life goals and stuff yeah. like that. And what are your life goals? Oh man, that's a big question. I know this is a 
This is a throwback to last time, I feel like. Really? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. A reevaluation, perhaps. Uh... <laughs> that's intense purring. Yeah. Dude, he's so oh. happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the people can hear this, but <laughs> it would make sense if they could. <laughs> There's some crazy purring going on right now. Yeah, I don't know how audible it is, but... <laughs> Oh, not to avoid the question, yeah. but I guess to keep, just to keep learning, keep growing, to f to feel like I'm growing, mm -hmm. advancing, uh, being true to my my needs, my wants and needs, uh, spreading love. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's hard to measure. Yeah, it is. Success. I, I, I agree with you. Because, like, the more I've thought about it, about, like, kind of life goals and stuff like that, the more I've thought to broaden them a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, it's not connected to any one thing. Like, it's not connected to the podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anything that I do, it's more like... Like, my goal is to... Again, it has to do with building communities, you know what I mm. mean? The communities that are around me, the communities that exist outside of my inner communities, mm. you know what I mean? Like, just kind of helping foster communities and build those up as best I can. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's really important, and I think it's something that our society today kind of lacks. Yeah, I bet. I was just thinking about how you do your podcast and stuff and how we need more people like you doing the kind of thing you do because it does foster that sense of community. And, like, just because you're not, like, a art, some kind of artist within, like, the music scene, for example, doesn't mean that, like, you're not contributing to the scene as a whole. It's arguably more valuable than, like, some random musician. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. Like, a behind-the-scenes, more behind-the-scenes kind of guy that does a lot for the community. Yeah, and that's what I've yeah. kind of tried to position myself as, I guess, mm -hmm. is just... Basically, somebody who's going to tell the story of the bands within the community, mm. within the local music scene. Um, because I don't think there's as much dedication to that. There, I mean, there, there's obviously other outlets out there and stuff like that, but it's just really... It's really cool to hear when people tell me, like, oh... Like, thank you so much for having us. This was the first podcast we've ever done oh, or yeah. whatever. Like, that's just, like, I love hearing that. And mm -hmm. it's, it still kind of blows me away, too, because I'm like, wow, thank you so much for actually coming over and sitting in my basement. Yeah. Like, I, it's, I still feel like it's, why would anybody want to talk to me? You know, I'm just some random <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, you give people the opportunity, and it, and it seems like something really cool. I guarantee some bands have been really excited just at the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, and I, I like that, because it's, uh, it's fun to talk to people, and that's one of the main things that I definitely learned about doing, like, through doing this, is it's just fun to talk to people, yeah. in general. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not always easy, and I used to struggle with, like, social anxiety, mm -hmm. like, real hard, and 
I still do, obviously. Like we talked about, I still get nervous whenever oh, yeah. bands come yeah. over. But like, it's crazy how quickly that melts away as soon as you get into a conversation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just always assume I'm going to become brain dead as yeah. soon as I try to start talking. But <laughs> that's not usually how it works out in reality. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I still have my moments where it's mm. like... I'm not the best communicator in public, but I don't know. And that's what editing's for, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've become real good at editing audio. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I'd like to add to my life goals is make cool shit and c- continue to make cooler shit <laughs> as time goes on. <laughs> or be a part of making cool shit with a team, probably. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I because I guess that's like what a band is essentially. It's a collaborative effort yeah. of making cool shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just the music itself means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It's nice that I can make money from it sometimes, but like nothing trumps just like cool music that makes me feel very deeply. Yeah. I agree. And I, that's also kind of why I started doing my other podcast, Groove Talk, because. There's just a lot of really cool music that I think people should be listening to. (laughs) You know, like I find stuff, I'm like, how are people not listening to this? This is so good. And I like, one of my favorite things is just finding really cool music Mm. and like listening to really cool music and just being kind of blown away by music. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite experiences, whether it be live or whether it be listening to an album or something that I've never heard before. Like, I love that feeling of just hearing music and just being blown away by it. Totally. It's like one of the coolest feelings. Yeah. Yeah. When you, that feeling when you find a new artist and you're just listening like, what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I cannot believe this is this good. Yeah. Yeah. And, And sometimes like with how accessible the, the world is now like you find these really for some reason unpopular artists or bands that are so insanely talented and you're like why mm-hmm. there's this french like fusion jazz band called Shobe, and like i just assume they were huge because they're so good but then i look and they get like 500 views on their videos and stuff like <laughs> and i'm like what how did more people? How did more people not know about you? Like they're oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And like, there's even there's musicians in the city who I feel that way mm-hmm. about too. Like, there's just I, it's because I think there's just so much out there now. Like you do have basically unlimited access to the world's talent, yeah. musical talent. If you're posting it online, you can find it and. It's kind of, it can be hard to sort through all the things that I guess are out there, you know, and find those things, Yeah, find the really cool things. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff I'm not into. Yeah. As well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that. <laughs> it's, it's hard to filter through just everything that's out there and mm-hmm. to find something that resonates with you. Yeah. yeah. And like, as bad as it sounds... Because, like, I might be one of, a part of this statement, but there's just a lot of me- mediocre stuff out there, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, I hate saying it, too, and I wish it was just all positive all the time, but, like, the truth is, I'm scared to go to local shows all the time. Or a lot of the time, because 
I'm often just so bored at, at local shows that I want to be a bigger supporter. And there are a lot of insanely talented people mm-hmm. in, in our city. Yeah. But also maybe a lot of people who are just really inexperienced or getting started or haven't figured everything out yet, haven't found their sound kind of thing. Yeah. Are just not very good. Shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can yeah. be it can be hard for sure. I feel rude putting that out in public, but it's just, I feel like people need to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes local bands are not good. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's true, but like that's because those those are the bands that are just getting started. You know what? Or, yeah. You know, like yeah, and that was per- that was definitely me. Yeah, at one point too. So yeah, like my, my band's probably still bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm a big hypocrite. <laughs> no, I think you play in some really good bands. <laughs> Thank you. You play in four bands. I, it's down to three, I guess now. Three? Oh, okay. At the moment. Uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, fermented Beat Orchestra, mm-hmm. Metavore, mm-hmm. and Matt Blaze. Okay. Well, those all I haven't actually listened to Matt Blaze, but yes. Metamore and Fermented Beat Orchestra are phenomenal. So. Sweet. Okay, that's your opinion. <laughs> I was blown. I was actually blown away the first time I saw Fermented Beat Orchestra. Mm. Like that, I was not expecting that at all, and I was like, "This is so fucking cool." Yeah, just a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> but that's like, yeah. It makes great music. <laughs> like yeah, that's your opinion. I'm not gonna. To sit here and suck my own dick or anything. Yeah. <laughs> you can think what you want. <laughs> That's fair. I also hate giving myself any sort of props. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Or even accepting props from other people. Yeah. I'm like, no, but please tell me how bad this is and how I can fix it. Yeah, no, I'm not looking for praise. Please tell me what I need to do to be better. Yeah. Please. I could use some constructive criticism here. I know. But that being said, it's also kind of hard for people, especially your friends, who don't necessarily even like have a uh, like a knowledge about the thing that you are doing to give you constructive criticism. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, like may, they may not have that insight at all. Yeah, or have the vocabulary. That totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it was the tagline from our last podcast where it was, it's like what you closed out with. Just It was just like, just remember, these are just uh, oh, barely yeah. thought out opinions by but two not, not very, very opinionated, opinionated guys. guys. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. It's like that summed up like that whole conversation <laughs> and just like my life in general. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have opinions. I I just don't feel crazy strong about many things. Yeah, same here. Like, I have opinions, and I've learned more over the years to, uh, instead of being so kind of wishy-washy on things, maybe have opinions a bit more, but I'm not attached to those opinions, mm. you know? Yeah, I want to be swayed. Yeah, like, exactly. I know I'm a pretty liberal person, but I'll still, like, read the conservative platform every time and just be like, yeah, I still hate it, but <laughs> but I'll consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I listen to, like, two of my favorite podcasters hold completely opposing viewpoints, mm. you know what I mean? And they, like, have debates and stuff and don't agree, and I'm like, but I agree with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so where are you guys oh. getting lost here? <laughs> yeah. How? That's a paradox. Yeah. So. So how do you find the time to do all the stuff you do? Do I? Do do, you? do do I find the time? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I guess it's a matter of priority as well. Well, working three days a week helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been a big thing for over four years. Yeah, I've only worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they can be longer days, and that's fine. I enjoy that work, but then I have literally four out of the seven days in a week to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I have some regularly regularly scheduled jams. Basically, like shows hold like top priority, and whenever I get a show, like that's what I'm gonna do, and I'll like often cancel plan other plans if I get a show. Oh, sorry, I can't make it. I have to work. Mm -hmm. I have to go play this show. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't. Four days is a long time. Yeah. Even if you are doing some things to be able to sit at my computer or sit at my drums and just chip away at stuff, and it's just having the motivation to actually spend the time doing it. Mm -hmm. Like it's great. I often drive my girlfriend to work in the morning, and then I'm already like awake, and I just like get cracking right at like eight a.m. Yeah. Yeah. There's like Thursdays and Fridays a lot of the time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it seems like I do more than I do. <laughs> I think you're doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're doing the mixing, the playing of mm -hmm. drums. You play in three bands. You work a, not a full-time job, but you work a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. How do you, fi how do you find the motivation to get yourself going? Is it just, like, kind of come naturally? Or? Oh, no, not for most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you don't have good mental health and you, you're not trying to take good care of yourself, and it becomes a lot more difficult. But over time, I learned, like, getting enough sleep and eating decently and not smoking a bunch of weed. Or, or for me, not smoking any weed mm. is the most helpful thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it becomes a lot easier to be motivated and productive when you're in healthy mental and physical shape, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that I don't know. Yeah, there's just this like passion that burns within me for music. I just can't get enough of nasty riffs, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm compelled. I guess to some extent, it's not always easy. I don't always feel compelled to practice or to work on stuff. Sometimes it's really difficult and sometimes I have to make myself and sometimes I know I should, but I don't and I do something else. Yeah. But I, I just try as hard as I can and it, may, it doesn't feel like it's enough necessarily, but I just try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like, I don't I think discipline is more valuable than motivation too. Yeah. 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 That's kind of where I was going to like go with that is, like, how do you discipline yourself to do it? Like, is there any mm. kind of mental tricks that you do? Or are you just oh. forcing yourself kind of like... I think it's... I've just tried to build it build it into my habits. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm a very disciplined person. I don't think I... That is one of my skills. But over time, I just tried to... 
make it make it natural via like habit forming processes mm-hmm. i guess yeah fair if that makes sense like yeah. just to, just do it like th- that ties directly to the to the timing thing yeah like when it's thursday i just this is my default that i want i have i need to go mix or produce something yeah and so i just over time i just tried to just started doing that every time during that time of day on that day yeah and it's somewhat has been pretty successful i think yeah yeah cool i guess you have to care enough at a baseline level to to want to to be motivated or disciplined enough to do it in the first place yeah if you really hate it and you've been trying to do this thing for like years you should probably find something (laughs) else to do yeah yeah if you don't love what you're doing probably find something else (laughs) and i feel discouraged a lot and yeah. inadequate but some for, for some reason i just keep going back to it does that like fuel you in any way or oh yeah yeah certainly can like why can't i make things sound as cool as this person that makes things sound cool yeah and then <laughs> sometimes i just feel like discouraged by that and sad about myself and other times which are it's far more valuable i'll like you know it's like no i'm gonna find out why and i'll try to learn and i'll try to figure stuff out even if they may be really difficult or abstract concepts mm-hmm. or take a really long time to develop like something on drums like something really really difficult to play and it takes months and months to be able to do it all uh, yeah yeah discouragement can be motivating yeah in a way i agree like it kind of I don't know, I get into those kind of discouraging thoughts or whatever, that kind of discouraging mindset, and it like, it kind of almost is a way to remind myself of why I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, you you kind of start shitting on yourself a little bit, and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be as good as blah, 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 or blah, 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 you know, like why can't I do this or why aren't people caring? And then it's just like, okay. And just, it's like a reset almost. It's like, this is why you're doing it. You're not doing it for those reasons. Mm. You're doing it because you love it and you want to do it. Yes. It's like kind of what we said before is it's almost kind of like, just does that kind of mental reset thing in my head at least, but it can be really hard at times and it can be like, um, very, like existential dready yeah. if that makes sense because yeah. <laughs> it gets me spiraling into thoughts of like what's the point of life even you know yeah. I, t- I absolutely felt that some days like i felt like all the musical things in my life are pointless and i feel like i've lost my purpose yeah someday and i just feel like garbage all day like that i remember saying like there's no point mm-hmm. And I don't, that, that sounds very dark. I don't mean there's not a point to living or anything, but just like, why am I living the life the way I am? Some days it totally feels like that. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, not not many days, but I, I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, why am I putting in so much effort to this thing? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. And it just, like, spirals down from there. And then you just... Like I said, it kind of forces you to have that like mental reset of being like oh yeah this is why i do this thing like just remember that (laughs) yeah disciplines uh i i do like what you said there though about discipline like it's more about discipline than it is motivation Mm. it's something that i've been trying to kind of cultivate a little bit more in my life just the discipline aspect of things yeah 
<laughs> it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could say the same, but uh, maybe I should try harder to do that. Yeah. Actually, because of you, I'm actually thinking of starting to take Friday mornings off of work. Mm. Like every Friday, I'm going to take the morning off, which is four hours, mm -hmm. and just devote that to whatever like whether it be writing or podcasting mm -hmm. or something like that yeah it, but could, just, it could change over time yeah that'd be pretty sweet yeah kind of be because it's hard working a full-time job eight hours monday to friday mm -hmm. and then finding the time and then also having a social life with like mm -hmm. a girlfriend and friends yeah. and like family and 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 finding that time to just kind of do the things like, it's easy to record podcasts and, you know, edit those podcasts, because I do that at work, actually. Like, oh, sweet. Yeah, like, on my lunch break, I'll, I get an hour for lunch every day, so I take that time and I focus on podcast editing and stuff like that, because it's easy for me to do. I pop in my headphones, I eat my mm -hmm. lunch, and have my laptop there, and it's something I can do at work. So that's cool, but, like, I really want to take, like, a bigger chunk of time, mm -hmm. just out of the week, where, like, four hours would be great, like to start at least where mm -hmm. I could just be like this is what I'm doing for those four hours you know mm -hmm. I'm working on stuff like be productive like don't just fuck around don't like wake up at you know 10 and then have to go to work in two hours like no wake up at the regular time and this is what you're yep. doing for this chunk of time like yep. I think that's something I'm definitely gonna start I'm gonna just try try it out next week for the first time Sweet. Yeah. you can get away with that well, yeah, you can just I'm, be like hey well I'm gonna talk to my boss but I'm gonna let him know kind of what the lowdown is but yep. I'm also like this is all hours I've banked. Like, I have, like... Oh, sweet. Right now, currently, I have, like, 10 hours of bank time. But I might just come, like, start coming in, say, an hour early, Monday to Thursday. Oh, yeah. And then take that four hours on Friday in the morning and then go in in the afternoon or whatever. Totally. Yeah. That's something that I think would my boss would be fine at, mm -hmm. with, which is the benefit of working for a small company. You mm -hmm. know the owner and all the people and they yep. know you as well and they know i'm like good for it or whatever yes. you know what i mean so nice yeah so then i want i definitely want to try that because i think it would be beneficial yeah. yeah i think so yeah everyone should work less <laughs> <laughs> i agree <laughs> I that probably wouldn't be good for the, the state of the world, I guess. Yeah. Way, maybe it would be better. I don't know. I think it would be. I think people would be happier. <laughs> I think we could at least all get away with doing a four-day four work week. Mm. I don't think there's any reason that we all have to be working five days a week. Totally. Yeah. Let's get more socialist in that regard, at least. Yeah. I've heard a lot of hate about socialism lately, but I, I don't know. There's some pretty great concepts in there, I think. <laughs> I agree. I see both sides of it, you know what yeah. I mean? I see the negatives, I see the positives. Just like, you know, capitalism, I see the negatives, I see the positives, you know. Um, I think we wouldn't be where we are today if we were not a capitalistic society. Yeah. Like, with the innovation that happens and where we are at techno technologically and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I don't know if we would be where we are without capitalism or, like, the free market or whatever. I, I think I agree. I just don't feel educated enough on the 
yeah. topic. Yeah, this is me mostly spouting pe- other people's mm. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian is Younger, it? he wrote a book. No, uh, Yuval Noah Harari wrote mm. a book called Sapiens. That's what it's mm. called. And he kind of makes that case in that book. Mm-hmm. And I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bleeding heart liberal in me would desperately wants to advocate for a socialist society. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, it's just, none of it's black and white. No, nothing's black and white. Except my dog. <laughs> Which is why I love him. Because he's simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're easy to understand, dog. You're definitely black and yeah. white. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's, that's something that amazes me every time. I haven't watched many Joe Rogan podcasts, but I have watched a few. And it's just like... He can... I feel like he can bullshit his way through topics that he only very loosely understands in a very convincing way. Sometimes not so convincing. Yeah. But like he's just confident in how confident in how he delivers it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And I just I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to spout off about something I don't know anything about. Yeah. Because I don't want to spread misinformation or like have short-sighted b- beliefs and mm-hmm. things. No, I I, to- I totally get that, and like, I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson lately, mm. and just one of the things that he kind of spouts is, like, you know, when you're younger and stuff, like, almost ninety five percent of the things you say aren't actually your ideas mm. or beliefs. You know what I mean? Mm. They're ideas or beliefs that you heard from someone else and you're kind of spouting them because you're trying to either kind of virtue signal in a way or like maybe make people think that you're intelligent in a certain way mm. or whatever. And I could definitely see myself doing that a lot when I was younger. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure there's still a lot of that within us oh yeah. and people our age and even or people of all ages. Yeah. Really? I mean, <laughs> How many original thoughts do we really have in a day? Exactly. We kind of are like a hive mind in that sense, I guess. Yeah. You kind of find ideas that you're like, oh yeah, I agree with that. But and yeah. then you kind of start telling other people about those ideas, yeah. you know? <laughs> it comes up in conversation and it's not technically your idea, um, which is fine if you've kind of... I feel as long as you've thought about it and you're not just kind of regurgitating it. Yeah. You like heard something on the news and you're just like, Oh, this is true. Automatically. This is fact. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel if you've thought about it and you've determined for yourself that this is true for me. Yes. It's a different kind That's of story. Fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not necessarily bad to regurgitate things. No. So, yeah. With the, with the, What you said. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you thought about it. Yeah, yeah, as long as you thought about it and decided for yourself, like, yes. Yeah. This is, this speaks to me, I believe in this, or or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Because I've definitely found myself getting into arguments with people 
the heat like heated debates mm-hmm. where I was taking a position where I was just spouting off stuff that I had heard on podcasts mm. and then after thinking about it after you know the whole argument being like I don't even know if I believe those positions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> or just, I've had people being like oh like oh man they're Originally, there were four-dimensional beings in Egypt. Like, you see these crazy jumps in technology, and it's because four-dimensional beings came and, like, showed them the way, and, and that's why you see these crazy jumps in technology. And, like, there's... I'm thinking of one interaction I had with an old friend, but and he's saying this like it's absolute fact. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fun to think about, but I'm going to see... And I'm not saying it's not true. I don't really think it's true. <laughs> but, like... I'm not going to believe it until I, I have some more proof, I guess. Yeah. Is, it, is that... No, I don't think it's too skeptical. And I don't even know if I no. could identify as a skeptic. But I just need enough proof. Mm-hmm. And some people are so willing to believe, the, believe these crazy things. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, there was a really convincing documentary that seemed really well-researched. Even when, like, a major newspaper or, like, a respectable source of publishing makes a statement like I'm becoming a lot better at questioning what I see Mm -hmm. despite the reputation of where it's coming from no definitely and I almost envy the people who can be just so sure about those things yeah wouldn't it be nice yeah it'd be great oh yep that's the way everything is totally that's that's the absolute truth yes of course there were four dimensional beings (laughs) I'm not that way either like I'm sure I'm open to the possibility of four dimensional beings. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. That sounds cool. That'd be super yeah. cool. If you come to me tomorrow with evidence, <laughs> I'd be like, that's fucking dope. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want that. I just have a hard time believing it yeah. too. <laughs> but until there's like some sort of ed- evidence, even just like a minor yeah. amount of evidence. Well, I hope they're benevolent four dimensional beings yeah. too, and they don't want to fuck our shit up. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Like, uh, I was actually, I was, okay, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, and I think his name is Commander Fravor. Okay. But he's the guy who was in the fighter jet plane. I don't know if you know about this, but there's, like, this footage of these, like, mm. alien spaceship crafts or whatever that look like Tic Tacs, because I guess they're called the Tic Tacs or whatever. Okay. But they, like... vaguely familiar. Yeah, right? they, like, are very obviously alien crafts and joe rogan had this guy commander fravor on yeah the pilot of the of the the jet plane that tracked these things and he's like listening to him talk for two hours he's just some normal dude who's like i didn't believe in aliens at all and then he's (laughs) like until i saw this and you're like shit Mm, you know what i mean like yeah like that leans me more towards stuff like like someone like that pushes me more towards the idea that aliens might have visited this world compared to the guy who's just spouting off alien Mm. shit and says it's a hundred percent true. You know what I mean? Like think of Alex Jones or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like I don't believe anything that Alex Jones says, even though sometimes he's right, which is really crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I believe more the guy who's like, you know, I don't know what I saw, or this is what I saw, I don't know what it means, it could mean this. And you're like, oh, 
Okay. Yeah, it gives you something to think about too. He's not making these outlandish claims, but like, I believe him that he had this experience that he cannot explain. Yeah, and it was totally out like otherworldly. Mm. Like I, I believe those people way more than the people who are so convinced. You yes. Know? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But then, how do you determine? Yeah. What it actually was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I I, th- I think some people have a hard time sleeping at night if they can't come to solid conclusions about the world and the way it works. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe people like you and I are more okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it just really bugs people to not know. Maybe they feel inferior or, or they don't want to feel dumb or, or something or they just need to feel the confidence. Mm-hmm in their understanding of the world, but I, d- I don't know why. Yeah, no. It's, it's something that I've never really... I think that goes uh, a lot, like, hand-in-hand hand with... Uh, like, people need some sort of meaning to life, you know what mm. I mean? Uh, they need to know that what they're doing has a purpose mm. or a point or something like that. And I know we possibly discuss this on the last podcast very possibly but like i'm super okay with just accepting the fact that life is kind of pointless Mm -hmm. and that's kind of awesome yeah (laughs) the insignificance of our lives like actually kind of comforts me yeah as opposed to terrifies me i i feel bad for the people that it does terrify yeah but if if i as far as I'm concerned, the meaning is to make it meaningful. Meaningful while we're here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and meaningful is just a is a concept yeah. that is part of our own subjective experience of reality. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you get to decide. Mm-hmm. You get to decide what makes your life meaningful. Yeah, you get to decide the meaning in your life. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. And, yeah. and ultimately, it doesn't matter. So just do what you want. Yeah. Like, do what you think is meaningful. Yes, and that'll probably totally. be meaningful for the world then, you know? Like, yes. This I, is totally a summarization, too, of, like, just a concept I came across one day. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm just, regur- like, regurgitating it in a way, but they re- this idea really resonates with me. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I just wanted to bring it back to that for a second. Like, oh, I probably heard this from someone or something somewhere, and I'm just like, Yeah. Yeah. That is the meaning of life. <laughs> and it just stuck with me, and that's okay. It feels like my own thought now. Yeah. 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 That, that's okay, I it, think. It's pro- I probably also, like, actually, I just heard it on a podcast today, actually. No way. Like, just talking about this whole th- thing, being like, you're basically insignificant, but that is good, and that means you can do whatever you want. And, like, yeah. it's not an original thought, but it's a thought that I've thought through, for sure. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like. But yeah, I find comfort in that fact and just knowing that it's... And, and I also find the comfort in the mysteries of life, you know? Mm. Like, the fact that we don't know what happens when you die. Like, that's comforting to me in a way, you know? Like, yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> this is, this is, might be a weird and slightly inappropriate analogy, but that does, that just made me think of, like, a naked woman. It's almost more exciting when she's not quite naked yet and it leads more to the imagination same thing with the mystery of life like if we had really had everything totally uncovered maybe it would just be bland yeah and boring yeah it would i think but like, like the mystery of life is a scantily 
plaid women, or or maybe well plaid. She's probably still pretty well clad at this point. Are you following me? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, saying we, no, no, there's I'm a lot me. more to uncover. Like she has barely undressed at all for us. We can see her ankles maybe at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's generous. <laughs> but it leaves a lot to the imagination. Yeah, it does. Which is nice. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think, like I said, I think it would be weird if we knew some of the answers to these mysteries, like. What was, like, it, could you imagine if they came out tomorrow and they're like, oh, yeah, the meaning of life is blank. Mm. And you were just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, the objective reason all of us exist yeah. is this. It was like, oh, okay. Fuck, what am I doing then? That kind like, of ruined everything yeah, for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it's kind of the whole thing is, like, you know, say say we figure out what happens when you die. Say that the Christians got it right and there is a heaven and a hell. Would that really change the way you live? Actually, probably. Yeah? If you proved God and, like, creationism was the way, Yeah. call me if I can sell out or what. But if God proved himself and I could, like, live in a way that allow me to live in heaven or hell for all of eternity, then yeah, I'll be like, okay, I'll play. <laughs> Which one are you going for, heaven or hell? I want to live in heaven. I'm so, I'm, that's a boring answer, but I want paradise, man. I want comfort. I love comfort and happiness. Could you deal with an eternity of comfort? <sighs> I think that it's built into the deal that it doesn't get old and you're just happy forever. <laughs> Depends on your interpretation of heaven, I guess, yeah. but I just always assumed it was like endlessly awesome yeah i mean fair like <laughs> i feel like that would have to be built in like mm. could you like i feel like if you're in heaven you are a interdimensional being you know who doesn't experience time in the same way that we do that's the only way yeah. that it could be built in you know what i mean like, yeah okay so like time time is like meaningless to you because they're all eternity because eternity to us as humans that's a long time. That's incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the same way that infinity is incomprehensible yeah. to us. Um, so, I mean, if if heaven were to exist, I feel like you would have to be this being where time doesn't actually matter. Mm -hmm. Which is a possibility. That mm -hmm. I'm not even saying that, like, because that could be a thing that happens when you die. You mm -hmm. know? Like, heaven and hell could be the way it goes. We can't prove or disprove it. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody can. Yes. That's why when... Anybody says that they are 100% sure this is what happens when you die, they are full of shit. Yes. Even if they're atheists, if they're like, nothing happens when yes, you die. Yes, it seems pretty ignorant to me mm -hmm. that, yes, I am so sure of myself and what I have been told or read in my life that this is absolutely true. I feel like, probably like a lot of atheists feel, is like if you really consider... The facts, there is no reason to believe to, to have this blind faith mm -hmm. based off this old book. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, I don't know. That's why I don't live that way. Mm -hmm. If he, if God proved himself, then I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm down. But that's that's part of the test, I guess. Yeah. But I just, I'm, I'm not buying it. No. And so I choose not to live in, in that way. Yeah. No, I agree. And, like, there's even people in the, you know, say the psychedelic community or whatever... Mm. Who are like, no, this is what happens when you die, you know? That's it's like, I've experienced it on psychedelics. It's like, no. It's equally as ignorant. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you experience a psychedelic trip. It can feel like, you know. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe your ego died for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and it may have felt like it. But yeah. 
It's not, you can't, like, that's still... And again, hey, maybe they're right. Who knows, really? Yeah. Like, we don't know, but it's just... I am very skeptical... Skepti- skeptical. <laughs> skeptical. Skeptical. Of people who are 100% sure, especially on that thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much... Well, okay, not anything. It's yeah. okay to be sure about a lot of stuff. Yeah. That is objective in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not not that. Mm. I'm kind of envious of people who are so sure on things, though. Like I said again. Like, I, th- I, was, I was just thinking, I'm like, I think you said that. Yeah. But that's okay. But it, it would be nice. Yeah. Because, like, I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're, yeah, same. It could be, I'm like, it could be this way. It could be that way. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I feel like it makes it hard to... Not have a conversation with me sometimes. It's real easy to have a conversation with me because I can see your point and I'll take it. Like, I'll follow you down your point. But it makes it hard to have a conversation with me if you're looking for me to debate you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In any way, I guess. Because uh, I can see all, I see where people are coming from and I can see why people the way are the way that they are based on their experiences and stuff. Like... Even, like, even the, the simple statement of, like, I've had this conversation probably a couple times at family dinners with random members of my family, mm-hmm. where they're just so sure, they're like, uh, blah, 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 like, all white supremacists are, deserve to die, and, like, we should kill them, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just, like, look at their circumstances? Like, yes, they're acting in a despicable way. Yes. But do you know their life? Do you know how they were raised? Do you know the circumstances of why they're being the way they are? Like... Maybe, yeah, they they were brought into a family where that was the case. Mm -hmm. And that's all they know Mm -hmm. about life. And they've been lied to Mm -hmm. about, uh, yeah, about other races and, like, actually truly believe that they're there's something inherently wrong with them or and feel totally justified in the way they feel and maybe they're still open to uh, if if they were able to escape that and get other like people who escaped from Westboro Baptist Church mm-hmm. there are a couple kids who have left the family after becoming enlightened to other perspectives and been like no I'm out of there fuck that shit like I realize how ridiculous that was now but when you're completely brainwashed yeah there's I feel sorry for those people. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. same as religion, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, more, less extreme religion yeah. than Westboro Baptist style. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's in general, it's the problem with like fundamentalism, you know? Like fundamentalism in general. Like you can be fundamentalist about anything. Mm. You can be a fundamentalist conservative or whatever. Or fundala- like even it's happening kind of on like the opposite spectrum on the left. Now. Mm-hmm. You can be so married to the ideals of the left that you're kind of almost missing the point yeah which is it's like weird to see i have seen that yes as well yes that makes me think of people who just know no matter who the leader is or what the policies are they're gonna vote conservative for example like Mm -hmm. every single time that's just how they identify and there's no straying from that Mm -hmm. and i think that's a probably a pretty silly way to to be mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and you can find it on the liberal side too you know what I mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it's weird 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. It's kind of it goes like to like uh, I guess tribalism or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to you don't really have a strong identity within yourself, so you're like, this is my identity. Mm. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Again, this is opinions <laughs> from two <laughs> not very opinionated we guys. We should have our own, like, hashtag or subtitle or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe even jingle. <laughs> Anytime we get into, like, something like this, there's just a jingle that plays afterwards. <laughs> yeah, a disclaimer of some sort, yeah. <laughs> I thought about attempting the jingle for a second, and I was like, no, that's going to go really poorly. <laughs> I'll put the same disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Okay, okay. That would be great. Thoughts on life, or opinions on life, from... I don't even know how it goes anymore, but... Not two not very opinionated guys, yeah. or, or something along those lines. I'm sure you could clean it up. Yeah, I can also just listen to the last podcast. Hey. <laughs> it's right at the end, easy to find. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. We live in interesting times. Mm -hmm. Because I think more and more people are kind of searching for that, uh, like, that identity or that tribe. Because it goes back to the whole thing of not really having a community. Mm -hmm. That makes me think of how just life has become so convenient, relatively. Then, from my understanding, you know, like... 10,000 plus years ago, or 10,000 year, 10,000 minus years ago, mm. I guess is what I'm trying to say, mm. is like everyone was their own farmer, and like everyone's prime objective in life was to like grow their own food to survive, and there basically wasn't a whole lot of time for anything else until that agriculture started, and then people be- were able to slowly over time become more and more specialized to certain tasks. And to, to build technologies, and and now we're at that was, man. That was such a rough outline. But my point is, we're at the point now where, like, life is so many times more convenient than it was thousands of years ago. That we have all this free time and choice in our lives, and and it's it's not all set out for us, mm-hmm. and we have to find a direction and choose one. And it's it's hard to know what you want when you have all all these options Mm -hmm. literally you can do anything yeah and you're told that and like people say that to you and they mean it as like a comforting thing or a reassuring thing like you can do anything you set your mind to but that's fucking scary (laughs) yeah that's this maybe not just necessarily completely true but it's a lot more true than it was some time ago yeah like, yeah, to be fair, like, no matter how much I want to fly, I'm never going to fly. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, without an airplane, but... Yes. Actually, I can even fly. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I know what you mean, and I think, again, that's kind of why, like, we've evolved in this way of those, the people who came before us, you mm-hmm. know, we're evolved in a way that 
there's supposed to be struggle and we're supposed to be struggling for life and every moment of life we're supposed to be like animals you know Mm -hmm. every moment of life is supposed to be a struggle you know that's what our meaning is supposed to be but we've like evolved into these beings who can not only like think about our lives and the meaning of our lives but we still have all these animal instincts you know because that's the way we evolved and I've heard that we like Am I going to say this right? I don't know. Our our environment has advanced, or our mental state has advanced. Our kind of... Okay, let me start one more time. Our, our like, cerebral state has evolved faster than our, like, primitive state. And our, and our instincts haven't caught up to our, like, cerebral societies mm-hmm. that we live in now. And there's there's maybe some internal conflict within people uh, like trying to be civilized and and classy versus being totally primitive and just purely based uh, acting and behaving purely off of instincts Mm -hmm. and it's an interesting balance to try to strike like we like to we we need to eat and and fuck and poop <laughs> and all this shit, but we're also try to like convince ourselves that we're these like that we're better than that. Yeah, we're <laughs> these cerebral, classy like humans, and we do have culture, and there is a lot of that going on. But like, yeah. it's an in- it's interesting to think about the balance. Mm-hmm. I think that our like evolutionary progress hasn't caught up to our like societal progress. Mm. Yeah, that's you said it way better. Yeah, than I was. I said like. <laughs> 200 words and you said it better in like five yeah Yeah, well i mean it's just like it's the same like that's why we have so much like anxiety and stuff even you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like we're constantly bombarded with things that are telling us that we should be in this like fight Mm -hmm. or flight mode but there's no actual danger you know Mm -hmm. so like we're constantly that's why stress is such a bad thing right because stress when you're stressed out like that it's basically activating your flight fight or flight response Mm. which when that is activated it shuts down your immune system a because you don't need your immune system when you're fighting a tiger oh just (laughs) resources are being allocated yeah they're being allocated differently right but like that's what stress is like Mm. that's what it, it activates those responses in us and I just, it's, we're constantly stressed now because that's just like life, you mm-hmm. know, like work and it's just, yeah, like our, and then we also have like the media and shit like that, which is like purposely hijacking our like evolutionary mm. shit to sell us stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's just all so weird and fucked up and like. But, like, cool and normal and, I don't know, it's it's just all so... Life is just a giant contradiction, I find. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You can see examples of that. So many stark examples of that every day that I can think of zero of right now. But I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, just one is life is both the easiest and the hardest thing that you're ever going to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Because, like... Really, all you have to do is live. Mm-hmm. Like, we're doing it right now. It sounds simple. 
Yeah. But think of the hardest thing you've, the hardest things you've ever had to do in your life. And yeah. that's also part of it. Yeah. That's also <laughs> part of living. But like, yeah. really, it's just existing. You put food in your mouth and you just do things. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty easy, but it's hard as shit. <laughs> that, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, as I pet this cat in front of me, I'm like, I wish. Do I wish my life was like yours? Because it seems pretty sweet, but also I think it's only sweet because cats don't realize that, you know, there's anything else than being a cat. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd also be giving up a lot. Well, yeah. Being a human's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you, you, I'm sure you get those moments where you're like, I just wish it was all simpler. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I wish I was just a cat. People just pet me. Oh, I just people fuck say with that shit. all the time. Yeah. But how many people actually want to be a cat? How many people do you think, <laughs> if they could be a cat, if you say could be a cat and you had one day to change back from being a cat, how long do you think you would last being a cat? Oh, like after 24 hours, then and you had it's to too late and you were a cat forever. You had to you... decide after 24 hours. You get 24 hours okay. to be a cat. And after 24 hours, you have to decide. I bet 99% of people... Oh, okay. I see. Okay. ...would not be a cat for yeah. the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe we miss it. underestimate them. Maybe. But there's probably not as much deep thought that goes into things. Mm -hmm. It causes... If you had some sort of, like pain to beauty ratio is like ours is much greater for sure mm. there's higher highs but lower lows and the cats is probably you know some very tiny very tiny lows yeah very tiny highs or they're just happening so fast you know you can you freak out a cat and they're like ah and they run away and then they'll like two seconds like, later they're completely oh, baseline yeah. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Um, Whereas someone freaks you out when you're a kid and you carry lasting trauma for like the rest of your yeah. life, <laughs> and it never quite is normal again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, actually, it's kind of what uh, certain drugs do or alcohol does is they kind of take those high highs and those low lows and they mm. just smush them together. You that's know? what a compressor does. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what a compressor yeah. does. And for those of you listening to this podcast, it has been compressed. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> compression. <laughs> so you have a jingle for compression. <laughs> that's because compression is dope. Oh, so helpful. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enough music talk. <laughs> so alcohol is the compressor of, of feeling like, of yeah. feelings. <laughs> yes, alcohol is the compressor of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Not just alcohol, also weed. Sometimes, yeah. Like if it doesn't make you horrendously anxious like it does me, it mm -hmm. could, yeah. It it has, could, yeah, it does. It has different effects on everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So It's just weird because it just changed one one day. Really? Yeah, it was, it was great for a long time, and then it slowly became less great, and then it became horrible. <laughs> Which was nice. Yeah? Yeah. I don't smoke weed, smoke weed, smoke weed at all anymore. Yeah. Because it changed, and it just doesn't feel good anymore, and I don't like it. 
Is it just just THC stuff or yeah? CBD? Well, CBD is great. Yeah, love CBD. Yeah, THC is is the enemy yeah. for me. <laughs> I wish it, kind of sometimes I wish it wasn't, but also I've become a lot more productive. Yeah, since I stopped, like I was saying. So yeah, uh, the cool thing about like uh, I remember the first time that I tried just a straight CBD strain, mm. like it was just CBD. There's mm-hmm. no THC. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like very anxious about something. Like I sometimes it used to happen. Not as much anymore, but I used to get like wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, you know, thoughts and like get super fucking anxious about something and I could not get back to oh, sleep. Man. And I'm just stressed for hours in my bed being like, ah anyways, um usually what I would do in those moments is I would smoke weed mm-hmm. and try and fall back to sleep. I had no regular weed, I only had this CBD strain that I had bought that I just wanted to try out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I inst- like I smoked it, I inhaled it, and like instantly as I exhaled it, it like all, all my anxiety anxiety just kind of like melted away. Uh. And I was like, but I wasn't high or anything. It's just it just took that edge off. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like I never expected there would be anything that would just take away that, like, inner chatter, that, like, mm. dialogue that's constantly there being, like, ah! <laughs> just, like, quieted, quietened that, like, right down. And just, like, the anxiety was completely gone. And I was, like, chill. I totally believe that. It was just... It was, never have I experienced something like that, mm. so... Yeah, that's... Anecdotally, that's what I hear. Mm. It's very effective for anxiety. Yeah. Um... I've actually heard, this isn't an original thought, but I've heard the reason that is, is that anxiety is actually caused by inflammation in the body. Oh. And since CBD well, reduces... also anti-inflammation. Right? Yeah, it actually can... T- that's why it has anti-anxiety effects. Oh, I've never heard about a link between inflammation and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. This is brought to you by the Joe Rogan podcast, just so you okay. know. <laughs> well, I will look into it more. <laughs> I can source that information. I don't know how legit it is, but yeah. that is something that I have heard. So, I, for, like, this is a sample size of one, just me, with my anxiety. Like, I have struggled with pretty crazy anxiety over the last number of years, and it has become a lot more managed. I should say, anxiety, the word anxiety means something different to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I should say panic. Like, I experience panic at different magnitudes. Um, And I haven't had a crazy, crazy panic attack in a long time. But but there's different levels to it. You know what I mean? Like, there's different, yeah, intensities. Mm -hmm. There's, like, I I, I know what you mean. Because I had never really, I never really knew what people meant by panic attack. Mm. Until I had a panic yeah, attack. That's always how it is. You don't get it until you experience it. And you can be like, oh, yeah. that was fucking awful. Yeah. It was like, it was one of the, yeah, I was just like work. I was at work and it just like hit me and I was like, what the, like my breathing was fucked. Like yep. I couldn't catch my breath. Probably your heart. Like, my heart was bracing. Yeah. And just not only that, but, like, it was just my mental state just went into, like, a crazy dark place where yep. it was like, this is, if this is what this is, like, I get it. <laughs> like, yes. I get why this is so, like, everything, it just, everything seemed so incredibly, 
like pointless and gray. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was There's just this horrible sense of dread. Yeah, dread. And often you th- this is like people think they're dying when they have was, a panic attack. It was just so yes. so. And I haven't. I've maybe had one other since then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was it. Going through that experience actually helped me be more sympathetic mm. to people who do say they struggle with anxiety and panic attacks and stuff yes. like that. It is terrible. Yeah, because until you really experience it, you don't know. You couldn't, yeah. Yeah. and You'll know one if you have one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you've never had one, exactly. just wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sick to laugh about because literally, like, you may think you're dying in yeah. the moment. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> yes, but, but having... Been... Just, you, it's hard to understand if you haven't had one, you will know if you have had one. Yeah. And it's... It's yeah. It just made me completely more sympathetic to uh, people who struggle with yes. more severe mental health than I do. Yes, everybody struggles with their mental health. I feel yeah, it's to some to, degree. It's to varying degrees. Yeah, yeah. Just when you were you were talking about the link, but p- p- potential link between inflammation and anxiety, and that made made me remember that like, though to a smaller scale, not a full blown panic attack, but like to some medium level panic I, I swear there's some sort of cor- correlation with my gut like gut health and like gas at the moment mm-hmm. or like slash indigestion potentially and anxiety i've noticed a strong correlation there and it's something i'd really want to understand more of even though i haven't gone to see my doctor in many years yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i swear for me at least personally there is a correlation between panic and like gas and what's going on in my gut. That makes sense. Because, like, we barely know anything about... Like, we don't know that much about the human body and how we work. Mm. And we know even less about the brain. But we're just finding out some stuff. Like, there's actually more neurons in your stomach... Neurons? Neurons in your stomach than there are in your brain, I think. No. Yeah. Neuron receptors, maybe. But, yeah, there's neuron receptors in your stomach. What? Yeah. And there's also serotonin receptors in your stomach. What? Yeah. I don't think I've heard about this. Yeah. This is, again, brought to you by the Joe Rogan Podcast. Yes. Yeah, again, further research is needed, but yeah. I'm excited about the prospect yeah. of the idea. I would definitely, if you are listening to this, I would definitely do your own research. This you is... have to fact check everything yeah. we just said. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. This is a very unprofessional podcast. I do not have a fact checker. You need to be your own fact checker, but... I'm hoping to encourage you along the way of intellectual stimulation. <laughs> yes. Because that's a very interesting thought to me. Yeah. And it makes me want to learn more about it because mm. I've never heard about neurons or, or receptors mm. in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And like a possibility of there being more in your stomach than there is in your brain, which is crazy. And apparently also um, your heart has these same receptors as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, there's... uh, The body is this weird, complex machine that, like, we just don't even understand. I I feel like we understand a very impressive amount. Oh, yeah. I I just... Yeah. There's a a long way to go. Oh, yeah. As with many fields in science. Well, especially with the brain. And, like... How could you? Yeah, definitely. I think it's the most mysterious organ. (laughs) Yeah. 
Because, like, well, like, what is consciousness? Like, what are you? What is Josh, you know? Yeah. Like... It's so funny how it's so hard to describe how to define consciousness. Yeah. It has been attempted as far back as, like, I want to say Greek philosophers mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, nothing everyone to this day has been really been able to agree on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's crazy because, like... I think it's a, it's that thing again that that battles between our right primal selves with our evolved selves, you know? Because sometimes you find yourself just acting in a way that you know you shouldn't. You're telling yourself as you're doing the thing, oh, you're like, yeah. you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't something that you should do. Even if it's say just as an example, you're eating a cookie and you're like, you shouldn't eat that cookie. That cookie's bad for you or whatever. But you just reach for that cookie and you put that cookie in your mouth and you uh, eat it. But you know you shouldn't, you know? Yeah. Like, that that's a very basic example, but like... I know what you mean. I have clear memories of being like, I know I shouldn't do this thing I'm about to do and I'm fully aware that I'm about to do it. I know I shouldn't, but yeah. here I go. Yeah, and then you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you do it, and you're like, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there why do we allow that to happen? Maybe it's the poor discipline. <laughs> I just think, like, I just don't, like, know how much control we actually have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, we can observe our actions. And those observations affect our actions in the future. Mm. But do they affect our actions in the moment? Well, definitely to, to some degree. There's some things. Yeah. I don't know. There's like overriding forces like addiction. Yeah. For sure. Like cigarettes, I, I guess I vape. Yeah. The same kind of thing. What I'm, I, I'm sure most people after they've smoked cigarettes for long enough, they, well, you, you know for sure this is true because like they, they know they should quit, mm-hmm. but they, they can't. I know, I know what you mean about the, the smoking, though, because I used to smoke, mm-hmm. and that was one of the hardest things to stop doing. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is weird. It's but... weird how it, uh, addiction, like, overrides your rational decision-making. Yeah, because I knew it's bad for me. Everybody at this point knows that smoking is terrible for mm-hmm. you, but look how many people smoke. Yeah. And, like, you don't really get that much from it, which is crazy. It's not pleasant. I got to the point where basically the reason I stopped is because smoking was just literally unpleasant. Yeah? Yeah. But even then I continued a well, little bit after that, so... Totally. Well, yeah, I was to- definitely addicted to weed. Yeah. Even and even towards the end when it just, like, I would keep trying, but it made me feel like shit every time. Mm-hmm. I would keep doing it, being like, oh, maybe... It'll be fun this time. It'll make me feel good this time. Mm. And it took a long time of nopes to finally make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, de- I've definitely had an unhealthy relationship with weed mm-hmm. before where it was like, I am using this in an unhealthy way. Mm. And it wasn't addiction, you know? It was like, but it was more of an escape at that mm. point in my life. You, you don't know? think it was addiction? Sorry? You feel you feel convinced it wasn't addiction? No, it was an addiction. Oh, it was. It was, for sure. But the, the, the reason it wasn't an addiction is because it was an escape. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I heard it wasn't wasn't. Oh no, no. It was it was instead addi- of was and. Yeah, it was a it was an addiction. Yes. <laughs> but and the the reason is is cuz is 
yeah, an escape. Mm -hmm. It made all the feelings go away, mm -hmm. you know? So it would be like, even at the time, like, we were smoking weed at work because my boss was okay with no it. No way. Yeah. So, I tried once at my old job yeah. ever, and I was doing an inventory at the time. Mm. And uh, it was late, and, like, nobody was there. And I'd never done this at work before. And I go outside and do it just because I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And I go back inside, try to start counting again. And I just, like, sit there for a full minute. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this tomorrow. <laughs> I have to go home. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be so wrong if yeah. I continue this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was the first and last time I smoked weed at work. Yeah, yeah my old, old job. Old job, not current job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old job, uh, my boss smoked weed, there was, so we could just smoke weed. So we would crazy. smoke weed. That is so crazy, too. Yeah. It would be smoke weed two or three times in one day. Yeah. And then you'd just go home and keep smoking weed. And You know, there was times, like, at the highest point of my weed smoking, I was, I went through a a quarter ounce of weed in three days. No to my, way. To myself. Wow. Yeah. So that was at the height. That was at yes. the worst that it ever was. That, wow. Yeah. So half in like a week pretty much. Yeah. Six, seven days. Yeah. Wow. Just to put that into perspective, now I'll maybe go through an eighth mm -hmm. in a month. Well, yep. That's that's a big difference, and that's between two of us as well smoking weed. So that's a quarter in about two months yeah. versus three days, and that's for that's... two people too. <laughs> okay, damn, yeah. So, yeah, that's, was... that sounds a lot healthier yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, it's like I I got to the point where I don't feel like I, like I can just not smoke weed, you know, and yeah. I don't think about it. It's not like oh, I'm like it'd be cool if I was high right now, ha ha ha. Whereas, like, before, it'd be like, I need to be high to do anything. Yeah. But then I also realized that that's... Because I was so socially awkward at those times. And I was like, oh, why am I so social? Or why don't people want to talk to me? It's because people would try and talk to me. And I would just be like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, like, one-word answers, you know? Because I was high. And I couldn't think of anything oh, to say. <laughs> like... <laughs> I remember the first time we did LSD together. And I tried... Say, like it, it was probably just like starting to kick in for all of us or maybe a bit after that and I I don't know what I asked you but I asked you some kind of question and you I know I can't this is just audio but you did this motion with your hand like a come like cut like words coming out of your mouth and all you could do was acid <laughs> and I was like I understand it's okay and maybe that's an exception. It can be pretty hard to articulate yourself on acid, but oh, that, that, that's, it reminded me of that. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things to articulate. Yourself <laughs> yeah, on. <laughs> but that's a very clear memory for me. Just blah 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 blah. Cody, what? <laughs> acid. <laughs> you're, you're trying to tell me like I I just can't. <laughs> I don't have the words right now. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... And that's, that used to be me on weed, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I recognize that in myself now, too, is that, like, I am a socially awkward person normally, so weed accentuates yes. that, you know what I mean? Like, weed kind of, like, almost is just an accentuator of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
If you're lazy, it's going to make you more lazy. If you have habits of social awkwardness, it's going to make you more socially awkward, mm -hmm. you know? I feel like that's kind of what it does. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I don't, I don't feel like I have, like, anxiety underlying all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the only time I feel anxiety. If it's like, I, I smoke weed, I can have really bad time mm -hmm. completely sober. But... I don't know why it brings it out in me. Mm. Yes, I guess I'm tr challenging your theory a little bit, but yeah. I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. Too. Some people smoke it and then have like a crazy workout work, whereas usually when you think of it, you think of people being lazy mm. and chill. And... It can also be the strain of weed too. Yeah. You know, like sativa versus indica, and mm -hmm. like. The thing is, is with weed being legal now and it being legal for the full year, we're, we're learning more and more about it, you mm -hmm. know, and how, what effects kind of has on the body. Mm -hmm. Whereas before when you were smoking weed, it was just, you bought weed yep. and your dealer was like, you got what you got. Here's your weed. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you never really knew what you were getting. Yeah. They so. may tell you the strain name, but even then, like. Yeah. Is it is that accurate? Yeah. Even then, somebody told them that, and somebody yeah. told them that, and it's basically a game of telephone at that point. And also, they are still just trying to sell you weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to say a lot of things and be like, buy this weed, totally. it's blah, or this is the best shit I've ever smoked, yeah. or whatever. Like, oh. I do remember one time this one dealer sold me this sour diesel. Hmm this one time and I, I, I swear it was different than everything else I, I had had before mm. or after that just cause it was it's like it's smell was so much more potent than anything any other weed I've ever seen if I'm recalling correctly mm -hmm. um, and like it's effects were so much stronger than anything else too so if, that time I believe it, it was true. Mm. And he charged more for it and everything, but and maybe maybe that was just all placebo. But it, it, I I really think that was an exceptional strain mm -hmm. that one time. But everything else I didn't really notice. I'm sure someone like knows a lot about what kind of strains we tend to get here in the black market mm -hmm. and stuff. Like I, from what I've heard, I think we get a lot of Kush mm -hmm. or, stuff from BC, probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'd be, yeah, I'd be curious if mm -hmm. we could retroactively go and be like, what strains were sold where, and like, mm -hmm. what were they like? I think there was like, <coughs> I think there's a lot of like indicas going around in the black market because I remember the first time that I smoked a sativa that I knew was a sativa. I was like, oh, it's this aspect of weed. It's uh, the aspect yes. of weed where you smoke it and you're like, oh, I can go clean a bunch of shit. Yeah. You know, it like energizes you a little bit. You're like, I want to do things, and you get. It's almost like. You know, I, I, the, the only downside to it is like, yeah, you start to clean stuff, but you for like you get caught up and you get distracted easily. Is yes. what I'm trying to say, you yeah, with stupid stuff, you're like cleaning stuff, and then you see your CDs are out of order, and you're like, I'm gonna organize these CDs yeah. for half an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I do well with sativas. No, if it, I'm even, I've even questioned like how big is the difference between sativa and indica. I know that's always what people say. That's always what you hear about the difference in between them. Is sativa is the stimulating, and indica is the in, indica couch, and, and more sedating. But like, 
how much truth is there to that? Mm-hmm. I'm curious if there are like legit studies on that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's still a relatively new thing, right? I feel like the more, the longer it is legal, the more and more information we're going to get about it because it's actually okay to study it now, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, um, have you, like, uh, done edibles very much in your oh, life? Oh, m- like, much earlier on, but I realized how out of hand they could yeah. get, and so now I'm, ca- I'm kind of terrified of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. It definitely, a handful of times, for sure. In, in fact, accidentally one time, when I had to leave on a tour, there was some. I was living with some roommates, and one guy dealt weed to people and was also really good at cooking, and <laughs> <laughs> slash baking. And he baked these weed brownies that I did not know were weed brownies, and I had a couple. Because they were not labeled or anything, and maybe it's my fault and bad karma just for like eating somebody else's random brownies in the fridge. There were a lot of them though, and I didn't have that much, and they were quite strong. And even though I was smoking a bunch of weed at that point in my life, like mm-hmm. when it started to kick in, I didn't recognize it for what it was. I'm like, there's something wrong with me like i'm having some sort of medical emergency or something and i was like concerned and i was gonna like call someone and like hey i think something is wrong and until that roommate came home and saw me on the couch just like sprawled out and like all confused and he's like did you eat those brownies in the fridge and then i found out what had happened and i had to i had to leave for a tour like right away and so i got there and i was like i'm so sorry like i had no idea i was gonna get so high that i was gonna get high at all i fully intended to be 100 percent sober. yeah but now i'm really high yeah 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 so yeah i guess they're not that bad animals are a different thing like it's. I've never been as high as I have off of just smoking weed as mm. I have off of eating just a single brownie one time. I believe that. Like, so high that, like, I'm trying to do something, like, wa- like even just watch something, but I just stare at my computer screen for, like, 45 minutes just being like, durr. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, I need to lay down now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, apparently, um, when actually you ingest weed like that, it's actually a different kind of drug. It's not... I think I've heard about this. Yeah. The way that your stomach metabolizes it, it turns it into something else. I forget what it's called. It's like 5-hydroxy. Mm. There's a scientific name for it. But it actually is... It is something different, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I loosely understand that from all the research I've done on drugs. Yeah, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Just know way more information about drugs and stuff because I was very curious about it. Because you know, that whole thing, you know, you've told all your life that weed is bad, and then you smoke weed and you're like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it? Are you serious? Like. <laughs> And then you're like, what else have they been lying to me about? Yeah. And went on an l- adventure for a while. And... Drugs are interesting things. Very. To be used 
responsibly. Yes, cautiously, <laughs> responsibly. Yes. Do your research. Um, not saying that I always use them responsibly. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm not tr- like trying to shame anybody if <laughs> you don't. Like you're an adult, do your thing. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I would totally. err on the side of caution. Yes. Because I also have. I don't know anybody personally. Um, but I know basically friends of friends yes. who, you know, they'd taken maybe a psychedelic and they just kind of never recovered from that. Ugh. Like, full-on, basically, psychotic break after taking acid or oh, something like that. Just, and it actually was acid? Yeah. In, in this case? It was, actual, yeah, I guess. it was actual acid that everybody else had done and everybody but this person just kind of stayed and that happens if you are predisposed to that's mental health issues. That's what I've issues. heard is yeah. physically, if you, if you actually are taking what you think you're taking, if it's like legit LSD, mm-hmm. it's physically a very safe substance. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've also heard is if, you, if you're predisposed to certain mental conditions, especially things like schizophrenia, schizophrenia even, yeah. even depression, other mental health things, then that can exacerbate that or bring it about sooner than it would have manifested sooner yeah yes it's 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 like the thing is like these people they're probably likely going to have schizophrenia anyway at some point at some point in their life but and weed is does the same thing weed can Mm. uh quicken the uh symptoms of schizophrenia or whatever Mm -hmm. or enhance it or make them come become apparent more soon in life Mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, you really have to be just kind of aware of yourself, mm-hmm. aware of your own mental state. Totally. And just it's the best advice, I think, that can be given when dealing with drugs is yes. be very aware of yourself. And yes. Yeah, because everyone's different. There is no one-size-fits-all answer yeah. for these things. Yeah. And also, start small. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't go balls to the wall. <laughs> Test your shit. Yeah. Start with small yeah. doses. Increase incrementally. Yeah. Be patient. Be patient. Or Thanks. you're going to have potentially a really, really terrible time. Mm-hmm. Or even potentially a really awesome time, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like the, the potential is there, but you don't want to roll that dice. Roll those dice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a... Uh... Although, there can... Anytime, when I recall my psychedelic experiences, there have been, like, very low lows and very high highs all within the same trip. And it seems to be this, like, rotating and ever-evolving process the whole way through. Mm -hmm. It's not just, like, one big orgasmic great time Mm -hmm. or one super horrible, terrible time. Yeah. Like the whole time, it's it sh- it changes and it shifts, and it's so many different experiences all at once. Yeah. All at once, yeah. And it also completely is dependent on the psychedelic you're taking. Like I find with acid, it's more uh, I'm less dis- I'm less predisposed to go into a negative space. It's more just like, wow, this is cool. Wow, things are cool. Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is fucking cool. Whereas mushrooms, it's like, wow, this is cool. Oh, my God, my life. Wow, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm such a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, out of all the psychedelics I've tried, I've had the worst time on mushrooms. Yeah. That's true. 
It's the only thing that I've had an actual full-on, like, this is a bad trip. Yeah. And it's only ever happened to me once. Yeah, that's fortunate. Yeah. And that was my fault. Um, I was young, like 18 or 19, and I took mushrooms in my parents' house. Oh, my goodness. Well, my parents were home. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And there was three of us and we're like we'll just stay in cody's room and then you know once we start feeling high we'll just go outside and walk around oh sounds so easy sounds so easy uh started getting high went outside it was winter it was cold we walked to the end of the block one someone i was with threw up and we all started freaking out and turned around and went back to my house (laughs) (laughs) and then closed my door and then things just got weird there because we were encased in this room yeah and feel trapped yeah and, and yeah, long story short, I it's like it wasn't like a world destroying bad trip, but it was a bad trip. Yeah. So it didn't affect my mushroom use in futures. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, just this just keeps going on to new tangents, but I want to say that. Well, I, at least I thought for a long time that psychedelics had helped me cope with regular everyday life anxiety and I would like to believe that because I've had to work through those times on psychedelics and it kind of really makes you confront it and so I want to think that psychedelics have helped me with everyday life anxiety but now I lately I've started to question like has it actually made it worse Mm -hmm. has it made it more apparent what anxiety it is and it's like easier to experience I don't so I don't know mm-hmm. about that anymore. I want to believe the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, I feel like like I can say that psychedelics have definitely helped me in my life, but I think the main reason or the main way that they have helped me in my life is that they have just given me perspective. Mm-hmm. They haven't really helped me. They just kind of yeah. They given me perspective. They made me realize that like things aren't so bad you know Mm. like uh especially so dmt Mm. there was one particular dmt trip that i experienced where basically you know how people say they you know oh i lived like 20 years of a different life or whatever and it wasn't exactly that, but it was like that. Mm-hmm. But not in the way that people, when they say that, you would assume it. It was yes. more like these things were flashing through my head rapidly, and it was like this life. And I experienced, like, like you know, I would, I felt like what it would feel like, like if all my friends died and I was the only one alive mm. or something like that, you know. So I experienced mm-hmm. all this stuff just in a very short period of time. And it just, like, I don't know, it just really gave me perspective and that's like like the one thing that i can attribute to psychedelics Mm. for sure anything else not so sure on other than like good times and yeah cool experiences and cool thoughts but um that one for sure that was like a big one actually Mm -hmm. so yes that is the one i guess recurring theme i notice through psychedelic trips is that you're, I always end up asking myself these tough questions and thinking about things in a new light and being reminded of what's important mm. 
again. It's all, it's like a perspective resetter or refresher mm-hmm. every time. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's always a little bit does feel a little bit enlightening mm-hmm. in a way every time because it brings you back to things you haven't thought of in a while <laughs> if, you, if you don't use them all the time you know yeah that's no. what i found yeah and i i definitely agree with that and like the thing is is the especially an interesting thing about psychedelics is you usually feel good the next day you know it's that's nice yeah like, it's not like you're using this gross chemical that's gonna give you a horrible hangover yeah usually you're tired because yeah. usually you're up for you know pretty late and stuff if you can sleep but you still feel just like good like especially if you've really like i found some of the most enlightening psychedelic experiences have been ones that i've done on my own mm. or it's a whole different dynamic yeah. yeah where i'm just lying on my bed with my like some music and like my own thoughts and stuff like that and i'm just thinking about stuff and those have been some of the most rewarding experiences mm. that I think I've had on psychedelics. So Yes. I understand how having other people there totally changes things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of adds another element, like, oh, am I being weird? Or, like, should I interact with this person? Oh, oh fuck. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but there was one time we did acid together. Or maybe I have mentioned it. But it just it came back to me so crazy when you said you're worried about being weird, and I remember one time, like I was trying to be, I was just trying to be funny in the moment or something, and I like said very aggressively to you like I want to make you come, <laughs> and there were there were a few other people with us and the whole room just got quiet and I'm sure it's just internal and maybe everyone like didn't take it how I think they did but it was so quiet after that I was just like oh no like <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke but I like couldn't say that either yeah because everything was so weird I'm like I ah oh, fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's the amount of miscommunications that I've had on Apple yes where like you start talking to people and you think you're on the same page, but then they say something where it's like incredibly yes. apparent that you're just not on the yes. same page at all. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yeah. You're just so in your own world on psychedelics that like sometimes it's just, yeah. <laughs> yes. Your mind is taking you on a trip. And yeah. It's, that's why that's called a trip, I guess. So. Yeah. Anyways, on that note, we should probably close this out. Cool. Any final things you would like to say, Josh? Oh, man. No? If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.